If you have the word of the Lord with you, if you turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be looking today at verses 13, 13 through 16. Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus says, Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not of my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. So we can see in verse 13, Paul says, Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. That word wherefore says, for for which cause, for which cause I desire that ye faint not. So he's talking, when we realize this, we look at this and we see that Paul, at this time, as he was writing this letter to Ephesians, he was actually a prisoner at Rome. So we know Paul had been going through quite a bit. Because we can see, even in verse 14, it sounds like, for this cause. So we can see, even in verse 13, for, for which cause I desire. So Paul had such a, a love for the saints. And it's not just, he's writing this letter to the Ephesians. I understand that. But it, like it says, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So we look at this and we can see this. And, and it was natural that the Ephesians should be, should be worried, you know, and be distressed at, at Paul's sufferings because of any other location, church or whatever. Paul spent the most time at Ephesus. I think he was there almost all total. I mean, not at one long period of time. Somewhere close to three years, if not more, he spent at Ephesus. So it's it was, you know, there were so many people there that he knew and he loved, and so many people that 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 knew Paul and appreciated everything that he was doing for them. And and with these things as he's going through this, you know, but here, you know, what does Paul say? He tells him, you know what? I don't want you to be worried. I don't want you to be worried. I don't want you to be troubled. I don't want you to be disheartened for the things that, you know, I've been going through, you know. And he says the words there, you know, for I desire that you faint not. That word faint means to lose one's courage. So he says, because of what I'm going through, I don't want you to lose your courage in standing for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for standing up and being able to say, you know what, I'm a Christian, and I want to be identified with Jesus Christ. So, you know, we have to understand that back in those times, you know, there were a lot of people that lost their lives. And and Paul, above all else, 
would understand this because he's the one before his conversion on the road to Damascus who was persecuting the church. I mean, you know, you got to understand that these people did not even want to be in Jerusalem if they were Christians because people were being thrown into prison. People were losing their lives for being identified with being a Christian. Remember, in, in the beginning of that chapter, he had letters from the chief priests and the scribes that if he found any of that way. So he was looking for a certain group of people. And we realized that these people were hazarding their lives, hazarding their lives for being connected with Jesus Christ. We go back into, I don't know which exactly, which one it was, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, when it was the blind man that was that way from when he was born. And when they started asking him about who it was and what had happened to him, and he finally told them what was Jesus. Well, remember, if you remember reading that, what happened? They called his parents into the consul and said, hey, we come in here. So... Uh, we want to make sure that this was, is this your son? Yeah, that's our son. Was he born blind? Yeah, he was born blind. Well, how is it that he can see now? And they said, well, you know, yeah, that's our son. Yeah, he was born blind, but how he was made whole, we don't know. Ask him, he's of age. Well, why wouldn't they admit it what it was? Because it tells you in there, that the Jews had already agreed that any if anybody that said that Jesus was the Christ would be what? They'd be excommunicated. They're cast out of the temple. You're gone. Get out of here. You're not welcome in here anymore. And what happened to this this what happened to this man, a boy, man, whatever, young man? What happened to him when he gave God the glory? What did they do to him? They kicked him out. They kicked him out of the church. So these were these things. The, look at these, the tribulations that you faint not. Don't lose your courage. Don't lose your courage. Just because of what I've been going through. He's been going through a lot. You know, he was left for dead. He was shipwrecked. We all remember that from reading in the book of Acts. He was shipwrecked. All these different things, the stripes that were laid upon him, everything that was laid upon him. He says, you know, don't worry about these things. You know, remember at, at the end of the book of Acts, what, what had happened to Paul? Where was he going? Well, he was shipwrecked on his way where? To Rome. He was on his way to Rome. He had appealed unto Caesar and unto Caesar he was going to go and he was going there. And all these things that he did, all these things that he went through at that time were for the, the sake of the elect of God. Those were his brothers and sisters in Christ. These are the things that he was going through and hazarding for everything. You know, what, what, a, what a touching request that he was making unto these people that were there. That he was saying, you know what? Don't be, 
losing your courage for what I was going through, for what I was suffering for them. Those were the things that he was not, he not only suffered them things for them that were there, but for us also. When we realize and we look at how much of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. There was so much of it that was written. All these epistles, the book of Romans, you know, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, all these things, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, all of these things, all of these things were written by Paul for us, for us to help us. You know, when we look at this and we can see, you know, that chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians were full of doctrinal issues, the basic things that we believe in, I'm not going to say primitive Baptists, it's Christians. These are the basic things. And when we get into 4 to 6, it, it starts talking about the practical things that we can use in our lives as Christians and brothers and sisters in Christ. And we look at these things and, and in, in chapter 3, and when we get into some of these things, and we look at this, and how much Paul has done for each and every one of these. You know, I want us to fully understand that the tribulations that he endured were for the sake of the elect, because what is the last? It says, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not and my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Which is your glory. So in all these things, Paul is what? Is thinking about everyone else but himself. Everyone else but himself. He's looking at these things and saying these things. Look at, turn, turn for a second to 2 Timothy. Second Timothy, chapter 2. I want us to read verse 10. Apostle Paul writes here, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they, oh, excuse me, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So, Paul wrote here, we can see, if we look at chapter 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. See, see what he says? Night and day he prays for the elect's sake, for each and every one of us. You know, he says, grace, mercy, and peace. Where do all these things come from? 
comes from God the Father. And then he goes one step and says that, and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, Paul probably took it for granted that he knew that Jesus Christ was our Savior. And you've heard me say that if we look at it, what? Everybody wants a Savior. We all want a Savior to save us from our sins, right? But how many of us really want a Lord to be the Lord of our lives, to be the ruler of our lives? Is the one that we look to each and each and every day. You know, because Paul, look at what he says, that for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation. See, Paul, Paul knew that he had obtained that. He had obtained that, but he's saying, you know what? I want the elect that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Because if you can obtain that salvation and you become one with Jesus Christ, you are going to have eternal glory. How comforting are these words teaching every one of us when we realize that we're going to have eternal glory because of what Christ Jesus did for each and every one of us upon the cross. Upon the cross, eternal glory. When we realize, you know, that that eternal, that means that's going to be forever. So when Jesus Christ comes that second time, and he comes, that glory that we're going to have with him is going to be eternal, which means what? It's never going to end. It's never going to end. And how awesome that is going to be when we can just be with him and see these things. It's it's just, I'm like, when we can look and understand what these saints went through. If you want to really look at it, you know, you can also go to Hebrews chapter 11. I know everybody calls that the faith chapter. But we can see when it talks about what happened to a lot of these saints, what they went through. A lot of them were martyred for the name of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't have that problem here in this day and age we live today, do we? Right now, that it's not a problem. We don't have to worry about There's some people in the world today that if they were meeting like this with these windows like this, in the daylight and preaching Jesus Christ, that they would probably be really worried if somebody wasn't going to come through that door and arrest them. We've really got it good right now in the day and age in which we live, worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's It's just awesome as we look at that. You know, you know we have an occasion to rejoice, to rejoice in the fact that we have a friend, a friend that was willing to suffer for us. I'm talking about Paul. But you know what? I want to also say that we have a friend. You know, we look at that and what a friend we have in Jesus. You know, that he, that he have a friend, Jesus, along with Paul, who was willing to suffer for us. I know we have 
Jackson here, so I don't want, I don't want to get into big detail about the crucifixion. But you know what? You know, we have our, we have our phones and we have so many things that we can look at. If you get the chance, Google it and see what it says about that. About that, and you're going to see everything that Jesus went through. How he was humiliated and everything. And he went through all of those things. Go to Ephesians, not Ephesians, I meant Isaiah. Isaiah, I think it's 55, isn't it, Brother Roger, where it talks about, you know, he was bruised for our iniquity. He was chastised for us. All of our sins were laid upon him. So much was laid upon, all our sins was upon him that Jesus sat there and he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because God could not stand it. All these things he went through for us. You know, we look at it and we see how much love, how much love Paul had for us. And I guess we're just thinking about that. How much love that Jesus Christ had for you. Had for you. That he was willing to do these things. Nails through hands and through feet and a spear through his side. I just, I guess it, it, it should really humble us when we look at this and to realize all these things. And we look at this. We should not lose courage. We should not lose courage. You know, we should not faint even for the things that we're going through. You know, in verse, in verse 14, he starts out and he says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I bow my knees for this cause. You know, the things that he was going through for our glory, for that, he got on our knees and he prays. We just, we just read how he, he prays, prays night and day for the saints. You know, making mention. I think he talks about earlier was make mention of you in my prayers making mention of you in my prayers. You know, the, these, are, these are the things that we need to look at and realize. What he does, what he was doing for each and every one of us, praying for us, for this cause, I bow my knees. I bow my knees. You know, when we look at this thing, it's, he's, he's emphasizing unto us the way of denoting prayer for each and every one of us. You know, we look at this, this is not incidental, occasional prayer that he's talking about here. You know, later on he says what? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, 
he was just suffering all these things, the tribulations. I bow my knees unto the Father. And we look at this and we can see, you know, the attitude of him. He says, I bow my knees. You know, I, I think even though it's not the posture in prayer, but it's, it's, it's looking at it and saying, how many times do we really get down on our knees and pray to Jesus Christ? How many times do we pray for different things, for different people? You know, Brother Roger had a pretty good prayer list today, you know. You know, we look at these things, you know, praying for Caroline, you know, praying for Butchie, this, this woman that Brother Leroy knows, Charlotte, you know, with, with this, uh, blood cancer, whatever she's got. You know, these people are, are going through a lot of things in their lives. And we need to be praying for these, you know, bowing the knees. You know, it, it denotes deliberate prayer. I know in Matthew chapter 6, it says, go into your prayer closet. We need to get that time alone with, with God, that time alone with Jesus every cry, every time. You know, deliver prayer and approaching God, you know, with reverence and holy fear. You know, look at, look at, look in, in Ephesians chapter six. And he says in, in verse 18, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. For all saints. But we can see, you know, when it talks about, you know, approaching God, here it's talking about that we need to pray in the Spirit. In the Spirit. That's what we need to be doing. You know, it's just not, it's just not casual, incidental prayer, you know, that we're, that Paul is talking about here and we're looking there. You know, is watching thereunto with perseverance and supplication for all, for all the saints, for all the saints. You know, I know they, they, they say about David being a prayer warrior. I think Paul was a prayer warrior also. So many ways and so many places we can see that he's more worried about everybody else than he is about himself. What a, what a change in heart. This change in heart. You know, when we look at it, and we can see in the book of Acts when it talks about it, we can see Saul is more worried about himself and lifting himself up and making him to be somebody special than anything else. But we can see that what happens when God enters into your heart all those things change, don't they? All those things become little bitty things. And the things of God become so, so awesome for each and every one of us. You know, when we look at these things, look at, look at Ephesians chapter, chapter one and verse three. You know, when we look at this thing and he says here, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places 
in Christ. We can see these things because he's bowing his knees unto the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's that God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blesses us with what? All spiritual blessings and blessings in heavenly places. And these are in Christ. Look at chapter 2 and verse 18. You know, and we look at this and it's, you know what? We both, for through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Through Jesus Christ, we, Jew and Gentile, what he's talking about here, have access by one spirit unto the Father. We have access. You know, he's saying, you know, I'm praying, I'm bowing my knees, I'm praying unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's when we look at these things and we see. I, I wrote some things down here, and it says, you know what? The gesture that he used in prayer is bowing the knees. You know, we, we are not tied to any particular way of prayer. We're not tied to any way. You know, we see Paul here doing that. We can see in the book of Daniel, we see Daniel, when that decree was made, what did he do? He, he got on his knees and he prayed. He prayed knowing that they were looking in and they're wanting to see because if anybody made any petition to anyone else but the king, we're going to be thrown in the lion's den. So it's, it's, we can see, but it's, you know, it's just the main thing is what? The heart. The heart. We can see in, in Ephesians chapter 6 that we need to be in the spirit. But how is our heart? How is our heart? If we're praying in the spirit, you know what? We're, we're coming with the right heart. But if we're just coming to Jesus Christ, because we have to go in prayer to Jesus Christ, because the Bible tells us, for no man cometh unto the Father but through me. So we have to go in prayer to Jesus Christ, and he will go to the Father for us. But when we go to him in prayer, do we have the right attitude? You know, I've, I've heard somebody else say it, and I've heard it a couple of Do we go to him with an attitude of gratitude? That's the heart. Or do we just have an attitude, well, I, I really kind of need something, I want something. That's the main reason where I'm coming. Remember the two that prayed, the Pharisee. Oh, I fast, I tithe, I do this and that. And I sure ain't like this publican right next to me. And that publican what? He could not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, but smote his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What an attitude of prayer. He didn't want anything at all. He just said, you know, be merciful to me, a sinner. The richness and the greatness of God that we find these things in there. You know, this gesture is expressive of reverence, of reverence humility, and submission in prayer. We need to submit to God through Jesus Christ. Even Jesus, 
in the Garden of Gethsemane said, not my will, but thy will be done. You know, Jesus had to, you know, if, if this cup would pass from me. But as he said, you know what, it's not my will, but it's your will be done. You know, the reverence. The word reverend is only used, I think, once or two times, and it's with talking about God. The one part, it says, holy and reverend is his name. Holy and reverend. We reverence God for who he is. That reverential fear that we have of him. The humility and submission. Even though God knows what we stand in need of, even before we ask, but it shows how humble we are, the humility, how much reverence we have for him, how much we're submitting to him in prayer all the time. And we look at this as he's talking to him. You know what? Who is the object of this prayer? The Father. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when he says these things and we look at this, and he's, you know, he's going to continue on and he's continued talking. Because if we look at it, um, 14, if we look at it, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 are actually one continuous sentence. So he's setting off, he's, he's, he's making a, a point in this sentence here. And that sentence actually starts out as, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's starting out this sense of how important it is to be in prayer to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we look at it, and it goes on and it says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now, if we look at it, you know, we can go in and we can see that so many things, you know, the whole family, some of it, some people, when I'm studying this, some people, some versions are saying this refers to God, some to Jesus Christ. And the words I wrote down here, I, I, I really liked it, but I am not going to, to get into this either way. If, if this is referring to God, it's referring to Jesus Christ. And I, and I wrote down that, you know what, I am just glad, and I hope you're glad too, to be a part of his family, because it talks about the whole family, the whole family, the whole family. We're God's family. We're brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ. So whether it's God they're talking about or Jesus Christ, we should just be glad to be a part of his family and to be able to partake, to partake of the benefits when we realize this whole family, this whole family in heaven and earth is, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, you know, that we're able to partake of the benefits. We're partaking of the benefits and the goodness, the goodness that is associated with being adopted into his family. I got the one book, uh, Manners and Customs of the Bible, and in there it talks about, and if you're adopted into a family, 
you can never be taken out of that family. He can never disown you or say, you're not a part of my family. He was always. And that means that you're going to be a, a partaker of the benefits and everything. And we are partakers of the benefits. Remember when it talks about the vine. And if they take the, the vine or the olive tree and it says, if the original branches were taken out and we as a wild olive branch are grafted into that, you know, we're partakers of the goodness of that and the root and everything. And we're nourished up by that. That's why we are part of that family. You know, remember chapter 2 when we read that. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off or made nigh by the part of, by the blood of Christ, we're what? We're part of that family now. We're part of that family. And because of that, we are going to enjoy, enjoy the benefits of being part of that. When we can see the benefits and the goodness of being that. You know, we were talking about eternal glory. We read in that other verse, eternal glory. That's one of the benefits, Carl. Eternal glory, being part of that family. And it's just, you know, it's awesome when we look at this. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read verses 4 through 6. You know, when we can see here, according, according as he hath chosen us in him. Now, you've heard me say that, you know, these writers, when they write, they don't have to put that that says, and has he, as God hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We're justified, justified. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. God has made you and me accepted in the beloved. He's accepted us. We don't accept him. How many times have you heard people, a lot of these people, a lot of the free willers, well, if you just accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. No, He accepts us. We don't accept Him. That's meaning you had a hand and a part in your salvation. You don't. You don't. You don't have a part in that. It's all according to Jesus Christ. Look in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, I want to read verses 26 through 28. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. 
Uh, let's read. Let's go on. Verse 20. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, we're heirs because we have been adopted into his family. We are all children of God. We've been baptized into Christ. So we can see there is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free anything. We're all one in Christ Jesus. We're part of that family, all of his family. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 4 through 6. Look what he says. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. He's in each and every one of us because we're part of his family. That's what makes this all so worthwhile. We are part of his family. We can never be taken out of that. Never be taken out of that. Because remember, Jesus says, For all that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. And all of those that come unto me, what does he say? I'm not going to lose one. I am not going to lose a single one of you. You're going to be mine. You are mine because God's given you unto me and you're going to be with me. When he talks about in my father's house are many mansions. And he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, which he did, I will come again and gather you unto myself that where I am, and where's Jesus at? He's at the right hand of the Father. Where I am, you're, you're going to be also. You're going to be there with me. You know, partaking of all the benefits and the goodness of being part of his, his family. So we're part of that whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That he would grant you. That God would grant you the rich, plenteous, and glorious fullness of grace and strength in Christ Jesus. He's, he's giving you all of this. That he would grant you. That he would give unto you. According to the riches of his glory. The immense fullness. The immense fullness of his glorious wisdom, his power, and his mercy. When we look at these things and we see how good he is unto us, when we look at things like this and we see these things, then we realize how good he is to us. And is he working behind the scenes? Yes, he is. God is working behind the scenes. Jesus Christ is working behind the scenes. The Holy Spirit is in the world today. He's our comforter and our guide. He's working behind the scenes. All of these three, these three persons in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are working behind the scenes for your benefit. This is what we need to we need to look at to look at, you know.
And when, when it talks about in, where is it, in two, uh, yeah, one. When it says in verse 18 in chapter 1, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart, being enlightened or illuminated, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, God's mighty power. Wow, that he does these things. For each and every one of us, he look at it according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. You know, and that's where the, I look, and that's the verses where I was going to, verses, verses 18 and 19, and we can see it. We look at these things, and we can, isn't it awesome when we can see these things and realize what he's talking about here? You know, this is a blessing that comes from God. A blessing that comes from God. That he's going to be strengthened with might by his spirit. His spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the one that's in the inner man. He's there. You know, remember Paul says, I live yet not I, but what? Christ lives within me. The Holy Spirit is the one that's residing with. And it is a gift of what? It's free grace. Grace, grace, wonderful grace. When we can see these things as a free gift. You know, Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 17, he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation reveals the things in the knowledge of him. The knowledge that God gives unto each and every one of us. And in Galatians chapter 4, verse 16. I must have got the wrong verse. I'm sorry. I'm not going to use that one because that's not. So we look at these things and we see by his spirit in the inner man. The inner man, the soul, the inward man is, is strengthened by spiritual and heavenly influences. Remember we talked about knowledge, love, peace, holiness. The soul must be fed and nourished with spiritual food, even as our physical body must be fed with natural food we need to what? The soul must be fed with spiritual food. And there's so many things we're fed spiritually is right from here. His holy word. Each and every day when we read his word, it gives us strength. You know, each and every one of us, you know, we have our, our favorite little maybe Bible verse, maybe a chapter in the Bible. Some of us, it could even be a whole book of the Bible, right? And that we look at these things, and these are the things that, 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 you know, help us to grow stronger spiritually. Stronger spiritually, because that's what we're going to need. Because it's, it's, it's going to get harder as we go along. 
we can see it's getting harder and harder to be a Christian. There's less and less Christians in the world today than what there has been. I hope that what I've brought out to you today will help you in your lives. These are things that are good for each and every one of us to help us to be able to realize that as is, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's what we realize. I thank you for your kind attention today.